Excellent. Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, the podcast by fans of the podcast, Too Beautiful to Live, in my office on Wi-Fi in the Brighton neighborhood of Boston, Massachusetts. I am Bobby Papin. Joining me from the beautiful downtown New Brighton, Minnesota, in the Stick of Butter Studios, it's Ann Lundholm. Good morning, Ann. Good morning, Bobby. How dare you not tell us that you were on Wi-Fi? <laughs> it's a scandal. We've already had to reset Zencaster once. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> in Home Sweet Home Studios in the North Rosedale Park neighborhood of Detroit, Michigan, it's Meredith Van Harn. Good morning, Meredith. Good morning, Bobby. You said it almost like a Detroiter. You say Detroit. I'm working on it. I'm working on my regional dialect. I like it. And in the Deer Blind Studios in the Mountain Room at the ranch in Manchac, Texas, it's Mike the jail dude for Zell. Good morning, Mike. Is that the audio equivalent of a tumbleweed? Yes. <laughs> uh, in a best case scenario, Mike forgot we're recording on Saturday instead of Sunday this week. And in a worst case scenario, he's stuck somewhere without his legs. Yep. So here's hoping he's It's a fire in. sale. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he's being brave for yeah, everyone. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So it'll be uh, the three of us this week. And Mike, uh, you're off the hook. Congratulations. We're going to do a little LRB business followed by a discussion of this week's TBTL, or at least as much of it as we can remember, some housekeeping and how you, listeners, can get involved with this here show. We'll start with some LRB business. and. Hey, we found something out on Facebook this week. There was a post uh, from the sister and then from later from Kirby, the wife of our good friend Jack Taylor, that Jack was doing what Jack do, rigging a show, and took a fall and hit his head and was in the hospital. And I, one of the funniest things his sister said in the post was, at least he fell on the hardest part of his body. <laughs> so everybody is uh, very hopeful that he's going to be fine. Kirby said no surgeries yet, but we just wanted to say, Jack, we love you. Mm-hmm. And we are hoping to hear from you when you feel up to it. So... Crossing our fingers, sending good thoughts into the universe for Jack, because he is a big part of the LRB family. Yes. Yeah, especially because we have to get some sort of picnic or something planned this summer. And if Jack can't just magically show up and do most of our setup for us, we're really going to be in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Who's going to take awkward pictures of me? (laughs) I mean, that's about you, Meredith, not Jack. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Uh, so, wishing you well, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> we love you. We want you to live, just like Mike. <laughs> uh, I've got a couple of HR updates from my life. The first is about my job interview process at the Buffalo Theater of Youth. Uh, and as I said just before I got on, uh, probably it's something I shouldn't be talking about here. But hey, whatever. Nobody listens to this. I'll just pretend it's TBTL. Um, 
So I interviewed for this fundraising job with the Buffalo Theater of Youth. Great organization. Sounds like a lot of fun. And as I mentioned on the last episode that I was on, uh, which was the last episode, I don't know why I clarified, uh, they sprung something on me at the end of the interview, which is that the managing director, who is the boss uh, in the office there, is leaving. Well, since then, uh, it's been a bit of a whirlwind because I found out that they really liked me and they liked me so much that they wanted me to interview for the boss's job. <laughs> now, <laughs> remind us, this fundraising job was a part-time gig, right? Yeah, exactly. It was supposed to be, a, you know, it was, it was quote-unquote half-time. And when I asked what half-time meant when I was the first applying for the job, they said, well, you know, you have to get your work done. It's flexible. So in Bobby land, and this is not bragging so much as just – um, I don't know, the level of effort I put into things. Halftime in this context was probably about 15 hours a week. Um, the the boss's job is certainly a full-time job. Yeah. Uh, and as listeners may know, I have a full-time job uh, that yeah, I'm not really looking to quit right now. Uh, but there is something very attractive about the thought of having an actual job that is in the same city as my wife and home. And cat. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's a criterion you're considering. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, in short, I will simply say I'm having a lot of interesting conversations with people right now, and I'm going to be having some more this week. Uh, and there is a small possibility that B-Toy will be all mine. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Oh, I hope it is, so we can keep saying that. <laughs> uh, more to come. And it's exciting, and I may be trying to talk everyone into letting me work for them a little bit. That that may be the answer. Um, we will see. But uh, it's been a lot of fun having these conversations with people. And uh, the, the thought of me managing a company that does theater for children is both exciting and terrifying. Uh, but w- one thing I did say to Sam this week was that between this job and her working in pediatrics um, – we have definitely cemented any possibility of us wanting to have kids, and we firmly do not. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> it will remind you every day that you made the right choice. Exactly. Uh, and another HR update from my life. Uh, yet another story I probably shouldn't tell, but uh, I, I don't know that I can resist. I, I almost feel like I need to confess this story. Um, so in my uh, other side job that is ending today, actually, this Saturday... Uh, I have been helping out this orchestra in Boston, the Longwood Symphony, uh, through their executive director search. And we've hired their new executive director. And it's someone I know and have known for several years. We're not, I I would say after this week, we're certainly friends, um, but we're not close. You know, we don't have the kind of rapport that, say, the three of us might have. Uh, And so I sometimes forget what audience I have. (laughs) Oh, and sometimes, Bobby. sometimes my mouth moves faster than my brain, which I think Uh-oh. everybody on this chat knows about me by now. And so uh, I was sitting with my new colleague, uh, and she was talking about how, because she's new, she's been taking a lot of lunch meetings and dinner meetings and coffee meetings and, you know, getting to know a lot of people very quickly. Uh, and she said something to the effect of how she had not eaten out this much in a very long time and if, i let it go at first i i didn't snicker or nothing i i was as good as i could be but then a moment later she started clicking her jaw 
and she was complaining that her jaw hurt. And I reflexively, without even thinking about it, just said, probably because you've been eating out so much. (laughs) Oh, Bobby. (laughs) And just to be clear, that's not even a term I like for that. I am... I am a lot of things. I'm a terrible human, but I, you may have noticed. I'm actually very particular about terms I use for things like that. I, I, I avoid unnecessary vulgarity unless it's in service of a joke. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I didn't even put it together. Like, I wasn't even trying to make a joke. It just came out. How did she react? Um, honestly, there was just a, an awkward pause. One beat. <laughs> And then just on to the next step in the conversation, oh, no. completely unacknowledged. That belongs in that sexual harassment video. I yes, it does. He told that joke. <laughs> and you're going, I, mean, I can't believe my dad thought I'd never make it as a stand-up comedian. I felt terrible. But like, you can't back up and say, hey, I'm sorry, we had a conversation earlier and I've been a really inappropriate, like, how do you Oh no, the time that? for that passed. Right. We had to do that immediately but or I never. But I was frozen. Yeah. I will say, uh, like a half an hour later, we were um, using the app Spot Hero, which some people might be familiar with. You can like book people's spots or spots in private parking lots. Um, we were nailing down parking for uh, an event this evening, actually. And there's a parking lot that we both use a lot that happens to be right near this concert hall. And there are a handful of spots available, in it, and they are numbered, but they're like 68 through 72 or something. Oh, and she of just, course they are. She just looked at me and she said, I always take spot 69. I know I'm a child, but I always take spot 69. <laughs> <laughs> and so I felt a little better. <laughs> like, I just felt, I felt a little better that she felt comfortable saying that to me. Like, maybe she would not have said that to me if I had At least you're both making inappropriate jokes. Yeah, I feel like they're on different levels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I made I made a, a sort of reference. Well, they're both references to sex acts, but one is just the sex number. Like, <laughs> you made a specific reference to her sex life. Yeah, she made a general <laughs> one about a funny number. Ooh. So I'm sorry. Um, I am the Viva HR department, and I think she is the uh, LSO HR department. So I don't really know who to consult. <laughs> <laughs> complain to yourself i do all the time (laughs) uh yeah so that's that's bobby's hr update all right um i have a piece of business here and it has nothing to do with anything except that i'm really bummed that i missed this for tripod like by a week or two otherwise i would have brought it up because i love it so much did you guys know that topher grace has a new podcast no no Yes, it is. Uh, was started by Sim Sarna, who is the producer of Anna Ferris's podcast, and who is also a good friend of Topher Grace. And the premise that he came up with is that every week they have a celebrity guest on, but instead of doing the deep dive celebrity conversation, they chat for a few minutes, and then they have an adventure. And the podcast is called Minor Adventures with Topher Grace. So I think the pilot episode is he had Whitney Cummings on and they took a lie detector test. So they had an expert administrator person of lie detector tests come on and they talked about the process and what was involved. And then they took tests. Then they had an episode where he did telemarketing with Paul Shear. Uh, they had... One where they learn how to do movie trailers with him and Wilder Valderrama. 
And I am telling you guys, it is a great podcast. Highly recommend. I think there's only like four or five episodes out, so it's a good time to get into it. And he's very relaxed and down to earth and self-deprecating in a way that's not like I'm going to deprecate myself because I'm so insecure, but like he really is just thinks he's dorky. And uh, so I'm recommending that podcast for everybody. Minor Adventures with Topher Grace. It's worth looking at just for the cover art for the podcast alone. I'm going to put a link in the show notes and I promise I'll actually do it. Oh, wow. (laughs) Oh, wow. The art. I just. (laughs) I've seen. I think I've seen women reading this on airplanes. Indeed. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) It looks like they beefed up his jaw a little bit. A little bit. (laughs) (laughs) that's great uh and you're full of good podcast suggestions i should mention i don't know if i can open it now the fiction podcast you pitched on tripod Uh uh-huh wolf 359 yeah i i won't say i've been listening actively yet it's been in my feed but for whatever reason it is now the podcast that my player defaults to when there's nothing actively (laughs) playing (laughs) so i'm getting uh 10 to 30 seconds of it at a time every time i get into my car perfect so someday i will actually get uh sit and do it what i have been doing this week because i've been in hotel rooms a lot as you all may have noticed um uh, just to clarify though my marriage is fine it's just work stuff um (laughs) sure it is just throwing that out there for the conspiracy theorists um i have been finally watching bojack horseman oh Uh. just i'm still in the first season but like i just threw a bunch on my ipad before i left buffalo the other day and i only mention it because as i have often referenced on this show and in life that i am i'm waiting for sam and the world to just figure out that i'm two children in a trench coat (laughs) and i have finally gotten to uh vincent adult (laughs) men the character that is clearly three children in a trench coat (laughs) and that bojack is the only one who who acknowledges this and uh, people have, you know, obviously this is a classic bit from the Little Rascals, so it's been around forever. But everybody, when I tell them I'm two children in a trench coat, references this character from BoJack now. And so now I feel like I'm on the inside track. So uh, Anne's got a cutting edge new podcast recommendation for you. And I will encourage you to watch the new cartoon that isn't new because people have been watching it for years now. <laughs> <laughs> You're on brand, Bobby. Yep. Yep. Um, I've, my little piece of business is uh, what I did last weekend. Um, Gregory works in steel mills around the Midwest, and he was in Cleveland all last week. And I took a long weekend, and his boss invited us out to his house, which is in the middle of nowhere, south of Cleveland, actually by Worcester, Ohio, um, in, in a little place called Orville, Ohio. And he has this, I mean, enormous mid-century palace luke would have loved it because everything is original it's got the basement bar with like aluminum christmas tree in it and a stove Uh that folds down from the wall and everything is starburst and and i drive up and there's a huge circle drive and it's full of cars and i was like what kind of what's going on here today uh i thought we were just coming over to to check out his house and stuff and his wife comes running out and and 
I'd never met her before. And she gives me this big hug and she goes, Meredith, come on inside. And so the guys are outside talking and she leads me inside. And there are, I don't know, 15, maybe like baby boomer age people sitting around their living room in a drum circle. Excuse me? Yeah. (laughs) She's like, do you like (laughs) drum circles? And I was like, um, I mean... Uh, I'll watch. And, and so they're like, just the whole thing. And they, they're pounding. I'm like, Oh, I'm glad I don't have a headache because it was pretty awful to listen to. None of these people are, are professional, uh, musicians. So they just sat around in their huge, like open, beautiful living room playing. Like it was sunken, you know, everybody's sitting on the floor, uh, with pillows against the wall and stuff. And they're doing a drum circle for, I don't know, probably the first hour that I was there. And then the drum circle part kind of breaks up and everybody's mingling. And they were super nice people. Um, I guess this is like a thing that gets organized um, by one specific person. And she goes and goes around to different people's houses and and does these hosts, these parties for for their friends. And it's supposed to be like a stress relief. Like get your get your anger out and bang on this drum. (laughs) Was she selling anything? I mean, there wasn't like a room with sex toys no there was no mid-level marketing anything i was surprised nobody tried to sell me essential oils it was great um and the other notable thing i mean you know we just kind of hung out and 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 chatted with these people for a while and the other weird thing is that um lebron james's head of security was there (laughs) he lives next door to this guy oh yeah does he Um, have a big house too he does. Yeah, he's a retired police officer, and he says he has to go to L.A. pretty regularly because LeBron now splits his time between Ohio and L.A., um, But and he hates it, and he just complained about L.A. traffic. He's this probably, like, grizzled kind of 65-year-old guy, um, but... Uh, his, the, what, he, what he really wanted to talk about was all the stuff that people send to LeBron because his job is to go through all that. Mm-hmm. He's got to open all the packages and screen everything and make sure that it's not stalkery or it's not a bomb or whatever. <laughs> Nobody's sending him anthrax. Yeah, yeah. But mostly people send LeBron James products that they want him to endorse. So he just gets oh. all this free stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were also, there was also a Segway at this house and people were riding it around very drunk. <laughs> there was probably one <laughs> box of wine per person at this party. I hope that you consumed your share. I sure did. Sure did. Yeah, it was fun. We ended up staying the night because couldn't drive home. Oh. <laughs> well, well, well. That's yeah. how they get you. Well, they didn't get me like that, so I, I escaped unscathed. <laughs> so are you going to go back? Heck yeah. Um, What was the food like? I want to do a drum party. It was just hors d'oeuvres. It was like, oh. you know, cheese and crackers and stuff. But they did have black pepper triscuits, so I was in heaven. There we go. All Ooh. right. Yep. Uh, I was going to suggest that this summer, instead of a picnic, we have a whirly ball tournament, but maybe we should just have an LRB drum circle. Drum circle, Ugh. yeah. Boy. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. That's the right reaction. <laughs> See, the... The guy who can't even nail the countdown at the beginning of the show just suggested we all bang in rhythm for an hour. If you don't have a headache yet, you will after this. Yeah, I've done the um, the Susan G. Komen race for The Cure a few mm-hmm. times. I used to do it with my old job, although we did walk, not race, because come on. And, uh, you know, it's always lined with very enthusiastic supporters. And there is, I believe it's a lesbian drum circle that 
is always sort of parked around the one mile marker and they are extremely enthusiastic and I appreciate them very much <laughs> and I wish they weren't there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they keep the energy level up and ear splitting. They keep you running. Keep you running away from that sound. Exactly. I got to get away from here. Um, here is my my main um, topic for myself in business is that I think I may need you guys to do a baking intervention for me. Uh-oh. And this goes back to the last Friday show. And Meredith, you mentioned that you were baking Victoria sponges. Yes. The worst named cake ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um from the Great British Baking Show, but then when you went to actually do it, you realized you didn't have any baking pans, so you ordered them from Amazon, I, and I... what? I, I have to interrupt. Victoria Sponge is the second worst name after any dump cake. <laughs> All right. Point taken. Yeah. <laughs> but you said that you had ordered some cake pans on Amazon, and I immediately said eight or nine inch, and you were like um, eight inches, and I said, <laughs> I believe what I said was, huh. Yes. <laughs> it, it gave me anxiety for the rest of the show because I was like, did I do the wrong thing? And then uh, on, on our Facebook page, listener Callie was asking for the recipe, and she also mentioned that she was kind of afraid to know what the hum <laughs> meant and whether eight or nine inch was the correct pan size. And um, once I thought about it more, because I didn't actually have a right answer for that, I was just asking the question, but I think... I think nine inches more widely used, which is what I said to Callie, um, but I don't actually think it matters very much. But this got me thinking about my baking pan inventory, and I was like, yeah, I don't really have that many baking pans at all. And then I started counting them up, and if I could just make the list for you guys and you tell me if this is too much, not enough, or just right... Because I started out by saying, well, I have three nine-inch rounds, three eight-inch rounds, three six-inch rounds, four pie pans, six mini pie pans, uh, three 12-count muffin pans, a six-count jumbo muffin pan, one of those brownie pans that's all individual. It's like a silicone pan. So every piece is an edge piece or whatever. I don't know. So every piece is the best piece. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I have four regular bunt pans, a mini bunt pan, the baby bunt pan that Meredith, you got me, Mm -hmm. Um, two angel food pans, two nine by 13 inch rectangular an eight by eight square, two nine inch tart pans, a six inch tart pan, a nine inch tart pan with tall sides that you would do for like quiche, a 10 inch spring form, an eight inch spring form, two loaf pans and four mini loaf pans. That's all? Is that too much? And Oh, and a Madeline pan. (laughs) Well, I was just, I need to get one of those. I was just looking at a recipe. Um, and I, not to be an enabler, but because I'm the beneficiary of a lot of your baking goods when you send them to us in the mail, I'm not going to say that's too much stuff. <laughs> it seems like a lot. But in my defense, I don't think I've bought most of that. People give it to me. Hey, yeah. this is not defend yourself. I'm First fully all, in favor of this. I didn't hear a popover pan anywhere in there. 
That's true. I don't have a pop. I don't like unitaskers, Bobby. Yeah, but but popovers, <laughs> if you're going to get the height, I mean, you could also make super tall muffins in them, I guess. But like, you're not going to get the height in a muffin tin, even a jumbo muffin tin, because the shape's going to be wrong. Right. So it sounds like to me, you've got not enough good stuff. You've got noongus. Well, I don't know, Bobby. How much is enough? Well, I mean, uh, we'll, we'll work on the popover pan. And like Meredith said, we're the beneficiaries of you having all these things. So I think it's okay. Do you have a picture of this for the catalog? Like, have you? is this a spreadsheet somewhere? Have you tracked all this now? No, I have not. Did you just do that off the top of your head? Yes. What? I thought for I sure did. you were reading a list. Did you make all of those lists with your with your body? Uh, I did. I did. <laughs> I just visualized my cupboard. Uh, I was just wondering if we could get a picture for the show picture of all of sure. your fans. <laughs> I'll, I'll pull them out and put them on the counter. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, maybe this is a good crossover episode for us. We should reach out to Andrea and Stefan. Uh-huh. And we should we should um, have like we should Marie Kondo your your cookware. But no. I need it all. No, <laughs> I'm going to veto that idea. <laughs> this is very quickly trending from from uh, preheated to hoarders. But I, I need it all. <laughs> yeah, it all fits in your cupboards. Yes, I was complaining to my mom. I was like, God, I just wish that I had a a kitchen that had a pantry or more kitchen cupboard space. And she's like, what are you talking about? You have lots of cupboards. And I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> I actually submit that I don't have a lot of cupboard space, but not have, according to her. You have one plate and one cup and one set of silverware and then all bakeware. Yes. And then also, like, um, I have some glass um baking dishes like if i was going to make a casserole or Mm -hmm. more properly a hot dish right but they are from the 70s that my mom's friend gave me when her mother died and i've never once used them but i'm like i have to have something that i can like bake a dish in the oven in and is this are these negatively affecting your life in any way because that to me is the hallmark of a problem and I just don't think that it, I don't think it is. No, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. I'm just very, I'm a very minimalist person. And so I'm like, yeah, everything is all streamlined. I don't have a lot of stuff. And then I go through that horrifying inventory. <laughs> you do have a lot of stuff, but it's okay. Okay. Thank you. I feel better. Good. This was the best anti-intervention ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Keep baking us things. I just wish that more things traveled well. I would make you guys cakes and stuff, but they don't make it to their destination yeah. very well. Well, Mike is overdue to come eat cheese with you, so That's true. Maybe we'll That's figure true. something out. And I could I could go for a Heggie's pizza. <laughs> Everybody could go for a Heggie's pizza at this point. What are you making for Monday? I am making a key lime and ginger tart. Mm-hmm. Meredith, not the one that Ryan made on the Great British Baking Show oh. that Paul said that was the best thing he'd ever eaten. Okay. Thought about it. <laughs> but there were, I think there were some ingredient concerns. 
I don't know how to source stem ginger in the United States. I've never really looked I don't even for know it, what that it's, is. It's more of a British thing. It comes in a jar, and I, I haven't seen it. So I went with something a little bit different that's ginger and in the crust and some mm. lime juice and whatever. We'll do some whipped cream. He used meringue on his tart, and I'm like, well, that's not right for well, key lime. no. It's whipped cream. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. Okay. All right. Um, has the time come when we deal with some TBTL-related things? I guess. If we have to. <laughs> uh, let's make ourselves happy and look at Throw Your Phones. Oh, we don't have any general Throw Your Phones. So we can go straight into the wonderful, amazing, life-affirming, uplifting content that was TBTL. You guys, Luke... <laughs> who doesn't like to leash his dog, got chased by an unleashed dog in Marfa <laughs> this week. I did Mr. Burns' hands the whole entire time. I was driving, but I was still just like, excellent. He finally gets what he deserves. This is why you don't let your dog off their leash, because you don't know what they're going to do, and they might hurt somebody or scare somebody. And it's mean, and it's rude, and it might hurt the dog... You idiot. I just, the the irony of this was so delicious to me. I just, I'm glad he didn't get hurt. And I, it's, I'm sad that it's, it scared him. Mm -hmm. But what's more upsetting is that he's not going to learn anything from this. He's not going to keep Rudy on her leash. He did not (laughs) seem to make this connection at all. He did not. There's a really big difference here. He was afraid that that dog was going to bite him. Whereas Rudy just nut punches people. (laughs) True. And his whole rationale for that is, oh, she's not going to hurt anybody. But they don't know that. Uh-huh. The people this that dog she's running may, after don't. This this dog may have been also just a nut puncher. Right. You don't know that when it's running at you. Ugh. So frustrating. That's all I have to say about that. It was just irritating and yep. ironic. Yeah, it's not, it's not a story that has a, a long... A long road to travel upon no. it, but although I imagine that once they go to Australia, he's going to get chased by some wallabies or something. Well, dingoes, I mean, dingoes. Not Clearly. if he's on the slippery floor of his hotel room, but that's for later. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we had yes. actually heard more about Marfa. I mean, I know he talked about Marfa a little bit and sort of in passing, and I know that he was there at some festival thing with Addie, but like, I feel like. A lot of things that weren't life highlights got covered this week, and we probably could have reallocated more of that time to Marfa, which I've still Mm -hmm. never been to, and I really want to go. Marfa is the place where I got stuck with a flat tire and had to hike seven miles to civilization. Oh, that's right. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. It was was exciting. The people in Marfa are delightful, um, but the people around Marfa are uh, few and far between. That was the the problem. That's the story of Texas, right? Basically. Yeah, I mean, we could have hiked into Tijuana on accident, and the, the only cars we were seeing in the distance were Border Patrol. It was scary, and we didn't we didn't see any creatures whatsoever. It was in February; it was Valentine's Day, um, so it was not overly warm. We so there weren't any like scary snakes out or anything like that. But Marfa is a gorgeous place. That's also where I saw Michael, Sarah, and his girlfriend at the hotel that we stayed at after we <laughs> escaped getting trapped. <laughs> In the middle of nowhere. It was an eventful trip sure for was. you. Yeah. Sure was. 
Why were you going there for an uh, event or just because? It was it was us and our friends uh, Jack and uh, Jocelyn, and we just wanted to take a long weekend. and And we found a beautiful house on Airbnb, and it looked like it was in Marfa because you know they don't tell you the exact location. And Duff was in charge of this, and he of course didn't like follow up on where it actually was, and it turned out to be twenty miles away from Marfa, towards mm. the border mm-hmm. with Mexico. And um, you need you really need like a jeep to get around there because the roads are all rock um, and they're very steep and precipitous and not really paved at all. And so we had my Honda CRV, and it got a flat tire almost immediately the first day we were there and trying to go to actual Marfa. And everyone's kind of pissy because it's like, where? why are we out in the middle of nowhere? We wanted to go to Marfa. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, I know a shortcut along this gravel road and immediately got a, a flat tire. So, Oh, no. It was supposed to be a fun, relaxing weekend, and it turned into just an absolute trial. <laughs> but would you go back to Marfa another time? I would go to actual Marfa, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Once we managed to get a, a tire replaced on Valentine's Day, which was a Sunday that year, by some weird tire shop that happened to be open in Presidio, Texas, um, then we we abandoned the Airbnb and went to Marfa and got a hotel room with Michael Sarah. Ooh, what a fun, sexy time for you! It was. <laughs> <laughs> it was not. Uh, <laughs> no, that was that was my one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll get there someday. Uh, I mean, when I was in the foothills at that condo a couple of years ago, yeah, it got it gets rural fast. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it was beautiful, actually. Like I hadn't expected it to be so beautiful, but yeah, it and really I is gorgeous. The, the sky is wonderful there. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's talk about another place that gets rural fast and has a wonderful sky, and throw another cliche on the Barbie. Uh, there's a lot of Australia talk on the show this week, and I expect that the ratio of Australia talk will increase every week until they actually go, until the final week before Australia will be all Australia all the time. Uh, but they have got some news stories to go along with the planning. Number one, Australia has begun using poisonous sausages to take care and by take care i mean kill their feral cat population and so this poses a real (sighs) lack of understanding for luke because he has such um overwhelming animal empathy now he does not want any cats to get killed obviously and he makes the point uh that no animals are native to Australia anyway. So how can we be the ones to say that cats don't deserve to be there and the other animals do? And I was like, huh? (laughs) And we got to throw your phone from Megan who says Christian school science strikes again. Luke is insisting that no animals are endemic to Australia. Where does he think they came from? His complete lack of understanding of the difference between animals that evolved in the Australian ecosystem and animals that were brought by settlers and have overwhelmed the native populations. And Andrew, God bless him, he was trying, (laughs) trying to explain the difference. And Luke just was not 
interested in knowing. I'm not super thrilled about killing all those cats, but if yeah, they're going to kill all the other animals. Yeah, I don't I mean, there are better ways to control feral cats, namely uh trap, neuter and release so that they don't keep making more babies, but they protect their territory from other cats. But mm-hmm. it sounds like they're having a a problem on a scale that Yes. that yes. that probably would be way too labor intensive. Um and I I really hate this, but um you know, it, it sort of makes sense. Yeah, I did read a couple of articles where they said exactly that. That yeah. it's there are feral cats in ninety nine percent of the Australia's I don't know land areas wow. or something because they have a series of small islands, uh, and there are only a couple of islands that don't have the cats, and that's because they've gone in and targeted them and gotten rid of them. So they're just everywhere. Hmm. I don't want them to kill all the little, the cute little kangaroos or whatever, right. yeah. <laughs> whatever they were talking about. Cats are really good hunters. I mean, they do destroy the native bird pop. That's the other problem I have with outdoor cats. Mm-hmm. Get on my soapbox again. Um, they kill um, migratory birds like crazy. Mm-hmm. That's terrible. I mean, this is why Barnaby Joyce is. Uh, such a crazy person (laughs) about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard sneaking their dogs into the country, right? They've had such horrible outcomes from people bringing non-native animals. They have a delicate ecosystem. If cartoons have taught me anything, though, it's that we should bring in some more dogs to take care of all the cats. Exactly. But then what do we do with all the dogs? Can we teach kangaroos to nut punch the dogs? <laughs> mm, probably. That seems like it could work. <laughs> I'm all about solutions. Uh, in other Australian news, Luke has gone into high gear fretting about this jog situation. And he's sort of casting it as, well, it's a tra- tradition that we do on TBTL road trips that... I go for jogs and I share with the tens and I post it online. Oh, I'm not on Facebook. How am I going to do that this time? We'll figure it out. But this is all an excuse, right? Because of his, his body issues that um, make him fear taking a week off of exercise. Yes. And this is not a critique or a criticism on my part because I have lived that life and I finally got out of that headspace and <laughs> I gained 75 pounds. So <laughs> it's not like it's without uh, without any kind of merit. But one week is, is not going to hurt him irretrievably. No. But he's just incapable of I, I don't, setting that aside for this, even though it's the trip of a lifetime – it's a one-time deal. It's incredible opportunity. He's still sort of on high alert about this. I'd like to start with, I think, my favorite throw your phone of the week from Thea, who says, a travel treadmill that they can <laughs> haul around in the outback? No, for so many reasons. Also, Luke just enjoy a week in Australia, not getting attacked by wild animals and not having anxiety about being attacked by wild animals. This was Nutburger that he said 
he saw travel treadmills and he was wondering if they could take one with them. Oh my God. No. Are you going to buy it in Australia? You can't take that on the plane. You're going to ship it through? I don't know what he was thinking. I mean, you're right, Anne. This seems like a he can't just let it go for a week. No. It sounds a little crazy when you think about it that way. I wonder if he talks about his body issues with his therapist because... I hope so. I mean, you know, not to tell him what he should be working on in his therapy, but this is a huge issue for him. The hardest part about the travel uh, treadmill is finding a space like 50 feet away to set up the travel MSNBC TV on the wall (laughs) that you can't hear the audio to. Yeah. He'll never find the space. Right. Yeah. And good luck getting the feed. And he needs to bring Rudy so that he can station her on a mini travel dog treadmill so she can run unleashed next to him. (laughs) That would be adorable, though. It kind of would be. If he could train Rudy to run on a treadmill, I'd be impressed. Um, The second thing, I mean, after we talked about the travel treadmill, which I really hope is discarded, uh, later in the week, he came up with this idea that he's been seeing on YouTube for people who can't run when they're traveling. And their idea is to squirt some dish soap on the floor of their hotel and run on the dish soap. And get ahead. You're going to. Oh, my God. I mean, number one, this presumes that you have a hotel that has some non-carpeted floor, Mm -hmm. like a place with a kitchenette. So, like, I was imagining this in the bathroom. Oh, okay. And then you fall and hit your head on the tub. Yep, yep, yep. And die alone in a hotel room. Bathroom covered in dish soap. I mean, Andrew would come to get him the next day at some point. (laughs) Yeah. I imagine at this point, Andrew may have eaten a stray sausage, though. (laughs) So they're both doomed. Oh, no. (laughs) (sighs) Didn't we say in a previous recap, maybe, I think it was Mike that said, with everything that's going on with the planning of this trip and fundraising and all that, the stuff they choose to worry about is astounding is and and on that same vein of astounding topics let's talk about garbage forever is our next segment (laughs) is that is that the segment name we're going with and i ask because i have a feeling we're going to need it again i like i'm thinking of striking against garbage talk oh Uh, yeah you guys know but i will tell the wagoneers i turned off wednesday's show 20 minutes in and Luke had spent 15 minutes complaining about his garbage company. And I thought to myself, why am I listening to this? I'm listening to two guys complaining about a municipal service while sitting on the hold line and playing the Muzak Mm -hmm. for the company. I don't want to spend my time this way. I'm not listening to garbage talk anymore. So you may in the future have to do garbage talk without me. That's okay because there's nothing, there's nothing. Um, you know, Andrew even admitted he talks about this because he doesn't have anything else interesting to talk about. Yeah, anything Ooh. else interesting? I think well, he's okay. the target on his <laughs> definition. Strike the else. 
So his trash wasn't picked up this week for if you if you aren't a listener anymore don't 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 go back on this one um his trash was skipped and he he made some very strange comment that he thinks maybe it's because some other brightly colored bin wasn't out and so they didn't see it like as a flag i don't know i feel like the garbage people know to look for a garbage can i mean if it's a regular (laughs) garbage collector and that's their route they should know yeah and he they used a picture of his garbage can as the show pick because of course they did of course i don't know it didn't seem like it was camouflaged in any way into the landscape no. nope and the other part of this segment is that yeah luke talking to his uh his municipal waste company and getting upset that they charge extra for uh extra pickup and and having to schedule that and and we got a great i you know we got a great three phone from Catherine and I'll just read what she said because um, she said it pretty well. Luke complaining about having to pay for waste service is killing me. Trashing things, recycling things, and yes, composting things has costs. He can't be bothered to go to phone meetings or check his work email, but he loses his mind over a small government office not being available enough. Also, as with many government services, you don't get to opt out because you use it less. If you don't go to parks, you don't get to opt out of supporting parks. And the naming of these workers as typically older women's names really shows Luke's hand. He doesn't like it when women don't just give him exactly what he's expecting. Ongoing theme. Might have taken that conclusion a little far, but you try listening to him derisively say Sherry ten times. I do not think you took it too far. Nope. Catherine, that is an emerging pattern. Yes, it is. Is dealing with women in customer service situations, especially women who are a little bit older than him. Yeah. Think of the passport lady who Mm -hmm. he was positive was torpedoing his application and didn't. Mm -hmm. She just could. She saw through his bullshit and that's what he doesn't like. Yep. I don't know. And I actually, because this is a dork I am, I went and I looked up Bellingham Waste Management and I went to their website and it's a company that has 90 employees. And I was like, okay, so, I mean, how many of those do we think would actually be garbage collectors? 65? 70? I don't know. But the office staff can't be much more than 20 or 30 people. And the accountants aren't going to answer the phone and mm-hmm. the CEO isn't going to answer the phone and all these people. So there's only a couple of people who may answer the phone when he calls and he's pissed that they want to take a lunch break. <laughs> because oh, yeah, that's mad that they don't want stagger to... their lunch times. <laughs> I know. Come you on, wait to man. eat until 1 p.m. So that Luke, just in case Luke calls, you can be there. He can't leave right. a voicemail. Um, we got another throw your phone from, from listener Ross who says, I like TVTL because it distracts from some of the annoyances of daily life. As a suburban daddish type, two straight flipping days of garbage can talk has me grateful for my shiny new phone case. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Ross throwing his phone all over the suburbs because of garbage talk. I, I, I had a hard time with that too. And I didn't turn it off, but I did. I just sort of like hung my head and, and listened with misery. Mm. <laughs> You're a better woman than I. Ugh. I was just like, I'm bailing on this episode and I'm not coming back. So I didn't fast forward 30 minutes and try to pick up a new topic. I was just like, no, not wasting my time. You got to do what you got to do. Listening to them yell at some poor lady who makes way less money than they do have mm-hmm. to try and deal with their issues. And 
And I think a salient detail is it's not just that they charge extra for extra pickup. It's that it's because he didn't put his can out in time. Right. He was supposed to have it out by 6.30, and he didn't put it out until 9 or whatever it was. And then he asked them to come back. And of course, they're going to charge you an extra 8 bucks or whatever it is. I think it was something like 7 or $8 mm-hmm. for an extra pickup or maybe 12 So he's getting his knickers in, his, in a twist about tw- a $12 charge that was his own fault. I have so much you interesting know, garbage talk from home. <laughs> it's Actually, I think... It's really a good thing that Mike ghosted us on this recording because he was pretty worked up. He was pretty worked garbage up. talk. Yeah. Garbage talk and dog talk. So maybe it's better for his <laughs> true his mental his health. cardiovascular health that he does not stroke <laughs> out. Maybe that was intentional. Maybe he's just so mad that he's seething he can't get the headphones on. Yeah. The steam coming out of his ears is preventing them. <laughs> All right. So Mike's waterlogged headphones. Um, We have all sorts of garbage stuff going on at home. I don't talk about it. Like, because I live with other people. We have this weird thing with the garbage person who puts our cans out and our recycle bin I had to beg the city for and on and on and on. But uh, no, what I will say is I think I've mentioned this before. Rhode Island, when we lived there, they have these YouTube videos for how to recycle, and they're mm-hmm. mesmerizing. <laughs> <laughs> the it's it's not quite AMS, uh, ASMR, but like the the woman who who records them, it's just she's got this cadence that's that's just weirdly soothing, and I think I have watched all of them. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if anyone's looking for a you know something to put them to sleep or just something you know it's like watching a tv show it's like watching ncis right yeah i don't care about the plot really and i don't have to follow it too closely if you need like four minutes of zone out just shoot me a message i'll send you a link to the to a rhode island recycling video <laughs> gosh i can't imagine how many takers you're gonna have on yeah, that one bobby so fun. <laughs> i will report back uh <laughs> on to podcasters anonymous uh in a moment that would be more serious if it wasn't so obvious to everyone but Luke, Luke thinks that his schedule and habits were so bad during his days hosting at Cairo in the 7 to 10 slot that he, uh, these habits including when he would get drunk after work and then gamble all night and then hit the drive through for two to five chicken sandwiches, I believe were his <laughs> words. Yep. I think that too is a low ball. I think he's given himself a range. Yep. So it doesn't so he doesn't have to say I got five four to five chicken right. sandwiches. Now of course this was always in the early days when he would talk about getting two drinks so that you could pretend that the food was for multiple people. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um I I did some investigatory research. <laughs> uh because Anne, you were so appalled at the thought of five chicken sandwiches. Yeah. Five chicken sandwiches. Uh, if you were to get the smallest chicken sandwich, the cheap, the cheapest chicken sandwich at McDonald's, uh, the Mick ingredients of that sandwich would be what they call a Mick chicken patty, the regular uh-huh. bun, shredded lettuce, and mayonnaise. And that sandwich comes in at 410 calories, 22 grams of fat, 39 grams of carbs. 
and 15 grams of protein. So as I think I said shortly after doing this, five of these would simply be only 165% of your total fat daily value. Jeez. Yeah, one by itself doesn't sound like the worst. No, actually, well, it's also not that big, which is how I could see myself. Uh, like, I've never tried to take down five, but I've definitely eaten two. Two is not out of the question at no. all. Right. And this is a bit of the Arby's effect. Like, you could just get a larger sandwich, but the ratio would be off. So, sure. you know, it's better to get the two smaller sandwiches so that you get the beef and cheddar balance. I'm sure the chicken sandwich well, is the same. And it seems, you said 15 grams of protein. That seems kind of small for a low for a chicken sandwich yeah. with it, the fat and the carb I think content, they blend so. it with enough um, wood chips that it just takes the fat <laughs> time. Time down. Yeah. Chinese newspaper shreddings. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's the McChicken patty. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's 95% breading and spice. Mm. Mm. So I guess we should all go to a McDonald's and see how many chicken sandwiches we can yeah. eat. Yeah, LRB that sounds challenge. like an LRB. Yes, eat up. <laughs> yeah. Hey, remember the pop culture challenge? That sort of died on the vine. I think uh-huh. mainly oh, because yeah. we we sort of hated one another for it. Um, <laughs> we were weaponizing it. It wasn't nice. <laughs> yeah, pop culture challenge, McDonald's edition. Uh, but yes, I think Luke. Luke's finally figured out the fact that he was destroying himself when he was working until 10 and then yes. going out and drinking and gambling all night and then coming home and sleeping the afternoon and then getting up and going to work again. It's like, when do you do all the other stuff? It's exhausting. Well, he didn't. He did. That's true. True. This is, this is why he had tickets and bills and. Yep. Bad credit. <laughs> yeah. Mm, yeah. Terrible taxes. Oh, those were the days. Uh, Well, let's go on to the self-actualization chronicles. Um, Last recap, we talked about this Twitter situation where I finally got the name right. Luke's friend, Joni Balter, the journalist, had asked him to come on her show. The way that Luke described it did not really adequately tell us what it was it was actually like a live conversation show it was an event not her radio show and uh luke was in his feelings about it because somebody mistakenly tweeted out that he and bill radke were going to be on the panel discussing seattle homelessness when they were just going to be on later to make jokes and everybody got mad at all the straight white guys on the panel so this was the actual event in front of the live audience. And it sounds like kind of a weird scene, doesn't mm-hmm. it? This really serious, somewhat contentious and political discussion. And then Luke and Bill are supposed to be on afterwards. Comic relief. Make jokes about, about how Seattle has changed. Uh, and zipper merges. He kept saying the term zipper merges. Yeah, so Luke was freaking out, as frankly I would have, when he was listening. It was some journalist who was kind of 
combative with the panelists and the energy in the room was really weird and he got scared and so when he and bill got on stage he just defaulted to what he said were his greatest hits he didn't actually attempt to make any commentary on the topics at all just making jokes about i don't know his family and i mean we've all heard yeah the greatest hits jokes but it sounds pretty terrible i don't know what the point of making this segment or this event was but i feel pretty bad for him obviously it really brought out his anxieties yeah i don't know do we have anything else to say on this luke pulled out his all of his go-tos i mean good for him for saving it for himself right i mean yeah he didn't feel too terrible about it Right. He just knew that he had to be unreasonable in unreasonable times. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is the problem is that Luke is so charming and such a good talker. People are like, yeah, he's funny. Let's get him on our show yeah. without thinking whether he'll be a good fit or not. Yeah. Hey, if somebody wants to do a public affairs conversation about what it's like to live in Bellingham, like 40% of the time, he's a go-to. Mm-hmm. He's got it down. Yeah, if they want to talk about you know, logging trails on private land <laughs> that you can jog on. Waste disposal issues. <laughs> a He's your man. Mm-hmm. I had a hotel thought. I think it'd be fun to have a conversation with Luke about hotel life because we both travel so much. I stayed at the Westin in Waltham, Massachusetts this week. And walking into that room, I had the same thought every time I came back from being out somewhere, which is that I would open the door and I would get hit to my room. And I would get hit with this smell, and it was the smell. Oof. No, 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 not bad. It was the smell of a Weston. Like I've yeah. stayed in so many different hotels, and Westons must have. I don't know if it's their combination of like cleaners that they use, or if they specifically have some sort of Febreze or air freshener or something that's like branded to them. But Westons definitely have their own smell. Yeah, they do. It's. I wonder yeah. if they have a room spray because, like, you can buy all that crap now. Right. I was thinking cologne. Bobby, you could smell like a Weston. <laughs> yeah, they do. It's white tea room spray, and it's $55 a bottle. Whoa. Experience How big is the bottle? Um, and is it on Amazon? Because people should buy it at littlerenbagwagon.com slash Amazon. You can get an annual subscription for $324.60. No, it's on their website. I don't even know how big it is. Come on, Weston. It's probably like one ounce. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, it can't be good when they don't list the size. Yeah. If anyone gets me in Secret Santa this year, oh, Day Weston. <laughs> Can that go above our dollar limit, though? Oh, yeah. Well, we should, I mean, with inflation, mm-hmm. we should probably be revisiting the dollar limit, especially because every year most of us blow over it anyway. Let's add 3%. <laughs> um, next up is our picky eating segment. They talked about impossible burgers again, and there's just not much meat on that story. <laughs> I'm glad it was funny the second time, man. <laughs> it's because I'm a good teammate. <laughs> I was going to blow Thank up you. your spot. <laughs> yeah, there really wasn't. They talked about how uh, impossible burgers are in Burger King. That's what Luke keeps eating. Um, 
I'm glad that he is being so healthy. I wonder what Michael Pollan thinks about these. Actually, I don't. I don't care what Michael Pollan thinks about anything. But, uh, the, you know, I don't know if um, if all the other stuff at Burger King is a great fit for what Luke is trying to do diet-wise, but at least mm-hmm. he's not killing a cow. I mean, is he only eating the Impossible Burger when he goes there, or is he adding on, like, fries and a chocolate shake? I don't know. I mean, fries at Burger King are a travesty, I think. Yes, um, they are. I do, too. Uh, so hopefully not. But, yeah, the, sh- the shakes aren't bad. I remember when they changed their fries, and that was the end of an era. And their fries were fine yep. before. They weren't McDonald's. McDonald's is the you know gold yeah. standard of fast food fries. But, yeah, they went from bad to worse, and they thought it was mm-hmm. a good thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On to me, TBTL friendos. It's the end of the week. We're nearing the end of the show, and TBTL redeemed its week. Oh, thank God. By yeah. inviting on Hari Kondabalu. I don't think you can say redeemed the week. I think you can say salvaged the week. (laughs) All right. Salvaged the week with Hari, uh, who came on to tell us about a gig he did at a comedy club underneath a children's restaurant where the servers were in costume and had a run in with one dressed like a pirate who called him a scallywag. (laughs) (laughs) I like this guy. I like that he wouldn't break character. I know. That's dedication to the bit. Uh, there's a great South Park episode where they go to some sort of pioneer village and they get robbed and like it's it's basically um, like a diehard scenario where they're taking hostages and killing people but all the characters in the pioneer village still refuse to break character <laughs> <laughs> it's really good I mean it's stupid because it's South Park but it's really good um, it is episode super fun time and uh yeah they're they're all living life in 1864 (laughs) well the best time period oh yeah yeah. (laughs) this is the disney ethos right when um you work as a costume character at the parks you absolutely for no reason break character right but I don't because even it's think so it's important to their brand. Just the costume characters, like even the people who work at Disney, mm-hmm. like they embody a certain style of persona that is just um, endlessly uh, cheerful, right? Relentlessly cheerful, relentlessly cheerful. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I was well, thinking. I that's why they call them all cast members instead of employees. Yeah, they're acting. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we've made the direct correlation on here, but we have a listener who could probably enlighten us on this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder if maybe it might have to be anonymous because I don't know how, how strictly they handle that. But it'd be interesting to hear more about that training, actually. That could be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So get at us, listener I won't name here, just in case there's one person left in TBTL University who doesn't know who you are. <laughs> I think that's probably... a profession or industry that you don't last long in if you're not a naturally positive person who enjoys people that'd be exhausting for me (laughs) Uh uh-huh i like people well enough but it is a putting on of the mask that is some days harder than others we have a we had an intern in the office until fairly recently who was very much like that and she was delightful but it was just i mean it would reach the point of being insufferable (laughs) Mm-hmm. I just it's like uh, I, I almost I want to see a little more humanity out of you to prove that you're going to be able to enter the workforce and not just explode and go postal one day right, <laughs> right. <laughs> you need a callus or two before we send you out there yeah uh Harry's, Harry's great though I mean yeah uh, you know he's funny and affable and 
uh, great conversation. And and it wasn't like one of these celebrities who comes out and they feel like they have to go in interview mode. It was what we always say we want, which is someone to just come chum around for, you know, mm-hmm. a little yeah. while. It'd be great if he had been able to stick around and do the whole show because he could just yep. shoot the shit with everyone. They took it a little bit in a, in a direction that I was starting to get worried about because I've said often that I don't really care for it when they have comedians on and Luke just wants to talk about the process of comedy. Ugh. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't want to, I mean, it's very interested, interesting to Luke being, you know, a person who dabbles in that. But for me, I don't want to talk about the comedy. I just want to see the comedy. So they talked about the mechanics of his, of Hari's Netflix special. Um, but I actually did think that that was somewhat interesting mm-hmm. to actually sort of see behind the scenes of how all that works. And imagine Bobcat Goldthwait being your director. That would be a trip. I I struggle with him so much because I just could never I I never appreciated his character. And so I know that he's not that person, but he lived that persona for so long. Mhm. Yeah. That it just I know he's funnier now and I when they first brought him on wait wait don't tell me, I thought he was going to be terrible and actually I think he kind of was for the first couple of times he was on. I I this would be a Lynn question, but I think he may have set a record for like the lowest score. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh he's the uh, he's the anti paula poundstone sure you know going in for prep for that but mm-hmm. but I, I i've warmed up to him recently but i was surprised about that because i really just didn't i never gave him any thought as being anything more than a hack you know and now i realize now he actually was super popular made a ton of money and you know took care of himself yeah smart person yeah. i guess I'm just glad he's not that person in real life because that was a weird character. Yeah, yeah. he's he's just off stage shouting and squeaking directions to people. <laughs> <sighs> Is um, that the week? Is I think there anything else? I think that's the week. I mean, I yeah. you know, I just generally Friday Friday was fun with Harry. I I as I, I put a bunch of notes in our Slack channel this week, and they're all from Friday because it's the only episode I could remember. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, that's the week. Final thoughts. Uh, specific good spoofs, or I can't believe you told that. Joke. I don't know. I'm using the I can't believe you told that joke on me this week. So yeah, that was for you. <laughs> um, I don't know. I nothing that I had just all drowned out by the garbage talk yeah, for me. Yeah, yeah, it soured the week for me too. But yeah, Friday. Listen to Friday. Yeah, yeah for sure. All right, should we move on to some housekeeping? Oh. Uh, check out our website, littleredbandwagon.com, for our merch. We've got some awesome stuff. Um, t-shirts. You might want to stock up on T-shirts for the picnic that we might or might not be having this summer. <laughs> I don't know. It, we'll, we'll get it together. Um, our archive project is continuing. As always, contact Christy to get involved with that. Use our Amazon link, littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon. We get a few pennies from each of your purchases that we know you're making, and it gives us show material for Friday shows, so we love it, too. Um, and check out our sister podcast, Earbuds and Earworms. The latest episode is Songs You're Spinning on Repeat. All right. How you can get involved with the show. You can find us at littleredbandwagon.com. You can submit your feedback, good or bad, to throwyourphone.com. You can find us on Facebook at Little Red Bandwagon. The show Twitter is LRB Podcast. Email littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Voicemails and texts. 
802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. Sorry. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Mike just realized we're recording. <laughs> he asked why we didn't call him on the telephone. Because it's not 1994. Yeah. <laughs> I consider I, that an act of aggression, Mike, and we love you. So I, I was, I'll never do that. To be clear, I texted him. Mm-hmm. And we don't text. We do like 98% of our communication through Facebook Messenger uh, because I like it when the Zuck can follow our conversations. Yeah. But I, I went out of my way to text him thinking maybe the different alert will ping him. Uh, yeah. Uh, you can fax us your butt at 617-354-8513. <laughs> you say that in such a resigned way, Bobby. Yeah, fax us your butt. It'll make Hillary really happy. Um, and you know, it's only like 25 weeks until their birthday. And with that, uh, until next time, this is the next party. We love you, Jen. Nailed it. Uh, Meredith, can you can we just get that in the clear? Can you can you say your line again? <laughs> they talked about Impossible Burgers again, and there's just not that much meat on that story. There was a little bit of a delay. Sorry. Yeah, you can edit that. <laughs> out. You can you can yeah you can cut that out. <laughs>